You're listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio, inspiring ideas, inspiring families. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Family Rules, the podcast. I am your host, Brooke Walker. Grateful you would carve out a little bit of time to spend time here with us. I'm really excited about today's topic. You know, it's actually one that's gained a little bit more attention and steam, if you will, the last little while as we come to further define the individual personality. We're talking about what it's like to raise an introverted child, particularly if you yourself fall into to the more extroverted category. Now, we're going to define that, extrovert versus introvert, but essentially it means living, operating at different speeds. And from a parenting perspective, this can be a tough one. How do I raise a human that's not like me. We're going to explore that with our guest today, who's a great friend of mine. In fact, you probably best know her name and know her voice through music channels. Jessie Funk was first a professional singer. In fact, she's released multiple albums and has gained great accolades and attention through her talent of music. She's gone on over the years to really develop a strong voice in a different area. She loves to speak now to teens, to youth at school assemblies, leadership conferences, conferences, and various student events. She holds a leadership certification from Notre Dame University and also a degree in psychology. She's the executive director of the nonprofit organization Ivy Girl Academy. So she comes to the table and comes to this topic with a lot of great professional experience. But I'll tell you, and I think Jessie will tell you as well, it's her personal experience in this topic that really makes her a standout voice. Jessie is a self-defined extrovert. Her daughter, Janessa, is a self-defined introvert. We'll talk about how they've been able to overcome those different speed sets and still form a really strong mother-daughter connection. Additionally, Jesse will share some tools for parents who want to deepen their relationship with their child. We'll talk about meeting your child where they are and developing sharp listening skills that will ultimately leave your child feeling like they can trust you in a deeper and more personal way. I think you'll like this chat. I did. Here's Raising an Introverted Child with our special guest today, Jesse Funk. Jesse, my good friend, Jesse Funk, welcome to Family Rules, the podcast. I'm so honored you would be here. And this is one of those chats that's going to feel purely selfish because I'm excited just to, you know, hang out and talk to you. <laughs> oh, and right back you. I just love any opportunity to just bask in your light, oh, your goodness. Stop. And I'm not blowing hot air, Brooke. Like, you're so kind. You have this amazing energy and I'm so grateful that we're friends. Oh, likewise. Likewise. You're so kind. I'll pay you later. I'll pay you later for that. <laughs> and this is a unique conversation because as, as we talk about parenting a different personality, or in other words, the extrovert versus introvert dynamics, you represent kind of two sides of the street with this topic. You're a mom, a self-defined extrovert, raising beautiful Janessa, who is a self-defined introvert. You're also a therapist. So you're going to give us both sides of it, right? Yes, definitely. And I do love this conversation. And I think it's so relevant for every single family. Yeah, yeah. How do you, it kind of brings up the question as a professional therapist, how do you balance that side of your brain with mom on the ground? I mean, it it might be hard sometimes to not be the therapist for your own family, for your own kids. 
It really is. And um, honestly, like there are moments where my kids have to say to me, mom, you're sounding more like a therapist. Like just be a mom right now. And I say, yeah. okay, tell me what I'm doing that sounds like a therapist. Because in my mind, I'm saying things that that are relevant and I'm not trying to go into therapist mode. Yeah, this I, is I, truth, being a mom. This is true. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I'll say things like, you know, are, how, are you feeling depressed today? Put that on a scale for me from one to 10. Like I'll say nerdy things like that. And Janessa will be like, mom, like just be my my mom right now. And I'm like, but I think I am. So teach me, what am I doing wrong? How can I say it in a different way? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So we just collaborate and we laugh about it and we can make it fun, but yeah, open communication and honesty. That's been really helpful. So this dynamic extrovert introvert has become, I think, first of, it was really intriguing for a lot of parents to explore and just have a have a baseline definition of what it means. Then books started to come out, discussions were cracked open, and we started to realize the powerful potential for connection if you're able to work through the different personalities. So let's let's set the table with kind of a definition. You're an extrovert. What does that look like? What does that feel like? So extroversion and introversion are, they're really not understood from what I can see from yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. They're like, it just means that you're really outgoing and you're really confident. Um, and an introvert is someone who's really shy and insecure. That's not true. So let's just set the table with that first. Yeah. Important distinction. Yeah. It's really just about how you recharge your batteries. So I am an extrovert because I love being around people. So I get like hyped up. I get energized. I get rejuvenated when I'm around people. And I love people. And my cute daughter, she gets overstimulated when she's around people for too long. She loves people. She's super outgoing, super confident. But if it's too much with too many people, then she just needs time by herself to recharge her batteries. So that's the difference. It's kind of the party test. So if you were to attend a party, a room full of people, you would leave feeling charged up. You would leave yeah. feeling you'd have extra energy in your cup. Whereas yeah. I actually fit more into the introverted scale. I'm kind of more on okay. Janessa's side, but I would leave feeling a little depleted and my energy levels would be a little down. Yeah. And that's really common for a lot of people who are in the spotlight. Like you are moving and you're like going, going all the time, doing your shows. And, and so it makes sense for you to need that time to recharge by having some solitude and some quiet. Yeah. And I'm so glad you started us off with that definition because a lot of times when I say to people, I'm, I'm kind of more of an introvert. They're like, what? Because I love people. Yeah. I'm a people person. I yeah. consider myself pretty outgoing. And so there's always this break tap, like, no, you're not. But no, it, you're not. it comes back to the out, the, the, it comes back to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of the result or the, the yes. end, the end takeaway that kind of defines you. That's right. Exactly. It has nothing to do with being confident or shy. Nothing to do with that at all. When did you identify, when in your mothering journey did you identify this beautiful daughter of mine isn't just like me? Um, pretty much off the bat. She like, <laughs> I'm such a spaz and I'm, I love to go. I love to move. I love to be. Busy. I, I haven't like heard to... the word spaz since 1998. I love that you're bringing it back. <laughs> Let's bring it back. That's a good word. I, I am. She calls me the spastic rabbit. Like I'm just, I go and I go and I love that about myself and I don't, and there's nothing wrong with it. And for anyone who's also a spazzy rabbit, but I, I just noticed real quick when she was really little, um, she couldn't go all day. Like if we had little activities or play dates plan. Like I would, I would pack her play date schedule for her and I would have like five play dates in a row and she would just not do well with that. And so I realized, oh, okay. Like she really just wants to be with me. Like she's always been a little mama's girl. And, and so I noticed real quick that her energy would shift if she was around people for too long. 
Was that hard for you, being the extrovert, being the spazzy rabbit, the cute rabbit that you are? Was that tough for a minute to kind of adjust and and recognize that her pace, her speed is a little different? A little bit, I'll be honest. And I still struggle with it now because like, I just have what I know are amazing ideas of like fantastic activities (laughs) we could have. Like, like for example, right now, like my daughter sings and I sing and I just thought she's almost 16 years old. I only have two and a half more years with her. I want to sing with her. Like, what if we did an album and made music videos and made TikTok videos? And like, my brain just does that. It just goes to those places. And she's like, "Mm, maybe we'll talk about it. Like she has to really (laughs) slow me down. And so sometimes I I do struggle with that because I'm like, but, but we're running out of time and we got to get stuff done. And like, that's just my speed. And so there are times where I'm like, Jesse, chill out. It's okay. But it does, it is hard for me. I'll be honest. Because I just want to play with her. I want to play with her every day. And I love that. You're so cute. So tell me and talk to any other parent out there listening who may be in the same boat, right? They're just on a different personality speed than, than their child. What are some boundaries you've learned to set or some self, self-catch self moments that you've learned to kind of adopt and imply that allows that relationship to stay healthy? The most important thing is I have to say it. Janessa, if, I, if she tells me that she's like, mom, slow down, or this is too much or whatever. She's really good at communicating it. So that's super important too. But the most important thing for her is for me to say, I'm sorry, sweetie. I I need to honor what, what you're saying to me. Because sometimes I'll push and I'll say, but what if we tried this? Or what if we just spread it out over a few months and we just got like organized with a schedule? And like, I, I come up with these ideas and she's like, no, mom. And she really has to just like chill out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and I have to verbalize that I hear her. Because if I don't say it, then she feels like I just don't listen and I, I railroad her and I and I'm I'm just focusing on me. And I don't want that. So, so it's the I'm sorry's, it's the okay, I, I recognize I push too hard. It's that yeah. honest kind of admission of self, mother to daughter. Yes. yes. And I have to say, I hear you. She has to hear me say yeah. that. Well, kudos to her, though, for having the voice. And, and I'm sure that 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 trickles down to you in some sense. How have you given her the voice or given her the words to express herself and own her comfort levels? Yeah, that's been an educational process, too, for sure. Like for because she would get upset with me and I wouldn't know why. And so I was like, what's, what's going on? And she's like, sometimes you just push really hard and you want to do all these things. And, and I just don't want to. And I say that I don't want to, but then I feel like you don't listen. And so I was like, oh, okay. All right. So you're not feeling heard. So now what we need is I need to say, sorry, I need to make sure you know that I hear you and you need to tell me because I can't read your mind. And this is my natural speed. So for me, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong until you tell me. So you have to say it, Janessa, you got to advocate for yourself. And she does. So that has been a learning process for both of us. Think of those communication foundational skills that she, I mean, that's the goal, right? In in, in all aspects of parenting is to have them learn the lessons within the Mm -hmm. walls of your own home that they can take out into the world. But I I can't think of a better way to sharpen that communication skill set than than through Mm -hmm. open dialogue like that. That's super impressive to me. Yeah. And it's so great because then she trusts me and I can trust her. And then the cool part is when I push again accidentally, or maybe not so accidentally sometimes, <laughs> but like when I when I do it again, because I yeah. fall into my habits sure. because that's those are my speed. Um, 
you know, those are my speed traps. So when I do it, I have deposits in her emotional bank account. And she knows that, that she can just say, mom, no chill. Like we have, we have the deposits there and it's strong. And if, if anyone isn't familiar with that idea, like it's this emotional bank account. And when we are making those deposits of trust, respect, friendship, kindness, um, making sure they feel heard, empathy, all those things, we're making those deposits. And if we have a reserve, then our kids can handle it when we mess up. They can totally handle it and vice versa, vice versa. But if we don't have a reserve, then it's going to be really hard to keep trust, keep respect. I love that. I've heard that applied to a marriage. I haven't quite thought of it applied to a parent-child relationship. So I think that's really wise. And I loved, I zeroed in on the phrase speed traps, like you catch yourself in your speed traps. We have a mutual friend, Dr. Matt Townsend, and I've heard him refer to it as like a Chevy versus a Ferrari. And -hmm. a lot of times Chevys, right, the slower kind of clunker of a car they're living in a Ferrari world. Like you think about our world right now, it's so fast paced. It's so driving. It's so demanding. Did you ever worry as a parent? And I hope it's okay. I, I, I'll, I'll be careful in how I say it. But did you ever worry as a parent of an introvert that your child might be passed up? Like it seems like the extroverts sometimes get the attention and ultimately get the opportunities a little bit. Oh yeah, I can see as a parent, I might be nervous. Like, no, you're talented and you're great. Get out there, do it, be noticed, you know, raise your hand. Stand up. Did you ever worry about her getting passed over because of this personality trait? Oh, a thousand percent. And we still struggle with it to this day. And you know me, Brooke, like I'm, I am a singer. I grew up performing and I'm, I am a go-getter. Like I pushed really hard for my own career, you know, as a singer. And and so I see this talent in my daughter, like she can sing and, and she has way more of a natural gift than, than I did. I felt like I really had to work for my voice, but she just has it like, and she loves theater and she, when she's on stage, she just shines. And so because that's a part of me and because I see so much beauty and talent in this girl, I cannot help myself, but say, right. honey, what if we, what if we got you a, a booking agent and like, yeah. we get you involved in the talent agency and like, I just can't help myself. And She is the one that says, no, I don't really want to. I want to do it for fun. I don't want it to be a stressful thing. And she's just so self-aware. And so she is able to advocate for what she wants. And she has so much fun doing it. So I have to literally take breaths and just calm myself down. Exactly. Watch the speed traps. Yeah. And I have to force myself to slow down and just let her live her life and and have autonomy. I think we all need autonomy. Kids need autonomy so much because think about it. There are so many things that kids cannot control. They don't get to really mm-hmm. choose what they eat for lunch or maybe sometimes even what they wear to school or what classes they're taking at school. There's just a lot less control in a teenager's life. And so any opportunity that we can give kids autonomy, they need it and it builds trust in the relationship. That's I wise. see that a lot with like the kids I work with at um, Live Strong House as a therapist. They, they crave autonomy. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just think it's such an important piece to the puzzle. So autonomy ultimately is what I'm hearing you say. It can lead back to those emotional deposits, that emotional deposit bank that that you were talking about. The trust comes or the respect comes as you trust and respect them. Exactly, exactly. We cannot see our children as little 
versions of us or or pieces of clay that we're trying to mold. We cannot see them that way because as soon as we do that, we think we are in control of them or that it's our responsibility mm. to shape them into who we want them to be. That is so wrong on so many levels. I'd love to talk for hours on that by itself. If we choose to walk with our children as they grow, as they develop their opinions, as they are, are formulating in their own minds who they are and who they want to be, and we're walking with them, we're guiding for sure. We're given boundaries. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're having consequences for bad behavior. Sure. But like more of a coach, we're like a coach instead of, I am going to turn you into this perfect little human being that I want you to be. I think that that's is where huge. a lot of parents get in trouble. I think that's huge. And I have to say from a personal point of view, I, I, I don't think I was prepared for the flexibility parenting would take. Mm-hmm. Like you, I have my oldest is kind of more in the extroverted file if I were to label her. And I try not to do that too early. They're still really young. But I can already see my little buddy at two, three years old is softer, a little bit of a slower pace. And, and I find myself reflecting on the flexibility parenting demands. Like you have to adjust your ways and your personality <laughs> to cater to their ways and their personalities. It's, it's work, isn't it? Oh, preach. Yes. It's so hard because my son (laughs) is exactly opposite of Janessa. He is exactly like me. And so he and I just have such a fun relationship because we are literally the same speed and we're just going all the time. And so he and I just jam really well. And, and, and obviously I've got a great thing with Janessa, but it, it takes effort and flexibility. Like you said, that's so true. I want to ask you about that. So it probably, I would assume feels a little more natural to connect with your Jackson just because you are running at the same speed or you do have similar personalities. What are Mm -hmm. some ways you've been able to forge that connection with Janessa, even though you're kind of operating at different speed levels? We we really find things that we love to do together um, that are on her speed. Okay, okay. like makeovers. And one thing we talked about on when we did the family rules show, like photography, like we both love photography. We go and do photo shoots together. And that's a really slow, artistic, very creative process. And it's so fun. And she just loves that. And I have to pause um, there and say, that was interesting to watch. And uh, Janessa and Jesse, their story was featured, I believe on episode six of Family Rules, the television show, part of season two, if you want to look that over and dial that up. But I was so impressed impressed, Jesse, because taking pictures these days, I don't get it. I don't know if you get it, but it's kind of a thing for these young people. Like it's an activity. We're going to go take pictures, which feels so uncomfortable to me and so odd. But I have to give you credit because you were right there with her behind the camera. You stepped in front of the lens and and you traded spaces and she was able to snap snap some photographs of you. And it was, it was fun to see that you met her there. Mm-hmm. I just love it. And that that really is something that fits like her personality. And, and it's not comfortable for me. I don't love being in front of the camera <laughs> at all, but I wanted her to learn the, the actual skill of photography because I yeah. want her to, you know, develop those artistic skills. And so it's just kind of become this fun little thing that we do together. And those types of activities, that's what I have to look for. That's not my first choice. Sure. I'd rather be making a TikTok dance with her, but like that's <laughs> the type of thing that I know resonates with her. And so meeting kids where they are, you know, like I I say this all the time to parents about like video games and rap music. Yeah. You might hate them. They're, they're annoying. They're weird. You don't get it for sure, but do it anyway. Do it anyway. Like obviously have boundaries and obviously have limits for sure. But 
do the thing that your kid wants to do. And I swear to you, it will pay dividends in your relationship. And that is the most important thing. And to Janessa's credit, she does bust out a TikTok dance or two. That's another <laughs> fun way you bond. And I again, giving you giving you credit where credit is due, that's a technology or a social media platform that I think a lot of parents would just be quick to dismiss, turn our noses up at. We hear so many bad things or, you know, horrible, horrible, you know, scenarios that sometimes play out in the headlines. But you've found a very positive way to make this social media platform be part of your relationship. Yes. I I totally hear what parents say when they're like, I'm so scared of TikTok. Sure. There are, there's a lot of crap on there for sure. But like you guys, this is the world that our kids are in. And so I, I don't think approaching all of these new technological advances with fear is going to do any of us parents any good. I, I really think education is the key. As soon as you get onto TikTok, you can teach the algorithm really quick what you don't want to see. And you can report videos that are inappropriate. So like, and then teach your kids about that. Say, I do not like to see this. I don't want to hear this word. I don't want to see anything inappropriate. So I, and I expect you to do the same thing. That's what mm-hmm. I expect for you to do because I don't want you seeing this kind of stuff either. And so g- diving into it with them and learning about it with them. And then yes, make a fool of yourself and make a video with them. Like all of those things, th- that's parenting. To me, that's parenting. Like it's a verb, it's an action, it's teaching, it's walking with them. And you ask them, teach me about this. I want to learn about this. Instead of saying, oh, I've heard bad things. I don't want you to be on it at all, which only will disconnect your kid from you because they'll be like, oh yeah, my mom, she doesn't get all this new stuff that's happening. Which means she doesn't get me ultimately, right? Like if she's not willing to get the thing, she's not willing to get me. Yes, that's exactly it. And so having them teach you and then you walking with them through it, that's what a coach does. So taking that coaching perspective. You have a mantra in your home that guides your parenting and certainly has been a guide as you try to strive this extrovert meets introvert type of connection with with your daughter, and that is we're learning to be human. And Mm -hmm. I love this. I love this from the lens of a parent. I think it's also a valuable lens, you know, to encourage your kids to approach it from. But tell me more about this mantra, how you developed this this line, we're, we're learning to be human. Honestly, I think it's a really important phrase to use every day in a home. I truly do because so many kids that I work with, um, you know, like even on Instagram, I just, I have this little Instagram platform and kids will send me DMs and, and really open up about how they're feeling about their lives. And the common denominator kid, the boys that I work with at Livestrong house that are struggling with substance use and, um, you know, trauma and very real heavy problems all the way to my own children every single one of them feel like if they don't know how to be human right now and they don't have everything figured out right now, and if they're not perfect right now, that something is wrong with them. That mentality is so dangerous on so many levels. And so I got this, just the idea from my favorite, favorite book that I recommend to every parent, Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. It's so incredible because it instantly opens up a whole new world. It's the idea of a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And it's basically like fixed mindset is, oh, I, I missed the winning goal of the soccer game. That means that I'm, I'm terrible at soccer, so I should never play again. Growth mindset is, I had a ton of fun today. I worked so hard. I, I got to hang out with my friends. I did my very, very best and I'm going to even get better as I keep working. So it's such a huge shift. It's such a simple idea. And then you instantly can, can 
I don't know, put it all into perspective by just saying, we're all learning how to be human. No one knows how to be human. Mm. We're all just thrown onto this planet. We're expected to figure out how to, how to, you know, get along with people and get an education and find a career and have relationships. We're just expected to figure it out. And we're all figuring it out. We're all winging it. Yeah. And if we can see ourselves that way, and if we can teach our kids to see themselves that way, we will give each other grace. We'll have compassion. We will be able to forgive. We'll be able to be more confident and Mm. we'll be braver moving forward. It's such a huge, but simple mind shift. Well, and this might be a simple, even dumb observation, but as you were talking, I think of all the times we try to put those value-based actions into play with with those outside of our home, right? The neighbor, Mm. the friend, the coworker, we're trying to show compassion. We're trying to demonstrate good listening skills. We're trying to be a good communicator, but it takes a little bit of a different effort within the walls of your own home because you assume these people are packed in. They're built in. They're part of your life. They're part of Mm -hmm. your day. And so sometimes we don't give our best to the people who deserve our best. Absolutely. Oh my word. That's so true. Especially ourselves. I always ask parents who have a kid that are struggling with like cutting or an eating disorder or drugs and alcohol or suicidal ideation. Um, I ask them, how do you talk to yourself around your kid? What do they hear you say about you? And it's a harsh question for sure, but I do it anyway, because like, I think a lot of parents don't give themselves grace and and, uh, that's sad for them as a human being. They deserve that. They're absolutely worthy of that. But also it it it's it gets internalized by their kid. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched you over the years, Jesse, as you developed your professional skills and gained your professional education and training. And and I've admired, I've I've so admired how you've leaned in and dug in as a busy mom and and done that. I have to think though, as I hear you talk, and I and I'm I'm assuming you're gonna validate this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on on the idea of our kids ultimately being our best teachers. Like the education oh. and the experience that we gain through this role of, of mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, there is such valuable education and learning ground. As we learn to be human, like you say, there's so many <laughs> great opportunities right, right within our own family dynamic. Oh my word, Brooke, that's like going to make me cry because that is... That's the exact thing that makes me excited about this work every single day. Like a lot of people say, why aren't you singing more? Why aren't you doing like singing stuff? And honestly, there's just nothing more fulfilling than working with kids. Like it's way more fulfilling than singing ever was for me. And I just get so jazzed about it. And that's why exactly what you just said, like they, they teach us every day and they have this beautiful energy and they have these amazing ideas. And if we just stop and listen and watch them and then support them in crazy ideas that might not even work and might be messy and might be weird, like let them try and listen to them and then say, how can I help you? Like, I mean, even reflective listening, like you just, just say, I hear what you're saying. Is this what you're saying? And then don't fix it. Just, just reflect it back to them. They don't need us to fix them all the time. They might need guidance, you know, most, yeah, like most of the time, but not, we don't have to step in all the time. Yeah. I, I just see young people as they're obviously our future. I mean, good grief. Like we have to give them the opportunities to struggle and figure things out. But I also, I look at them and I think, man, they just have so much to offer that they don't even know they can yet until an adult can facilitate that freedom. Mm. We need to give them some freedom. They need the autonomy. They need the freedom. Yeah. And within reason, of course, of course, always, always within reason, but just like, 
yeah, I, I hope that's making sense because I, I get so excited about that exact idea. Yeah, yeah. And this idea that families were created by design, I believe that. Like you look at how you've been able to learn through your extroverted ways, bonding with your introverted daughter. I mean, there's just such valuable teaching ground right in front of us. And I just find myself often reflecting just how designer our families, how customized our family units are to us and our, our needs and our growth opportunities. Jesse, I adore you. Thank you so much for chiming in. Where can we find more of your work? Oh, I would love it. Um, you can go to DearAuntJessie.com and on Instagram at DearAuntJessie, TikTok, DearAuntJessie. And I just have this fun little platform where I try to um, support kids. So it's all Dear Aunt Jessie stuff. But we're, we're also doing some pretty exciting camps this summer. So you can also go to IvyRanch.org. That's my nonprofit. You're doing great work and we're better because of it. Thank you so much, Jessie. Thank you, Brooke. You've been listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. And as you heard us mention, this is an extension project, really a companion piece to Family Rules, the television show. They go hand in hand. Often you'll hear expanded conversations here. We're able to go a little bit longer, a little bit deeper, which we hope you find valuable. I certainly find myself reflecting and learning so much from these conversations. So if they're beneficial to you, if they're helping to strengthen your family, we'd invite you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, that companion project, Family Rules, the television show, can be dialed up. You can review past episodes at byutv.org. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you join us next time. Family Rules, the podcast, is a production of BYU Broadcasting.